presents a really cool show for you today here on this mini review Monday an unboxing of a second edition product reprint from drive through RPG I love that service and I'm glad that they've released a lot of these second edition first edition um, AD&D products and I got a call from Jason Connerly of nerds RPG variety cast and then we review the product that I got and joining me to review that is BJ Boyd of the arcane alienist so sit back, enjoy. Thanks again for listening. And here comes Jason. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Hey Carl, Jason here. Just want to answer your question. I'm behind in podcasts, but I'm currently listening to Inferno, your Monday mini review. And I'm really enjoying your Monday mini reviews. Thank you for doing those. I enjoy you talking about the products and your excitement and your desire to to get them to your table. And I'm not against pre-written modules. I think it takes a lot of talent and effort to write a coherent module and to get that out there for people. And there's definitely an art to it. And I fully respect that. And like you, I enjoy reading them. I think my issue with playing them is often I'll find GMs that aren't as familiar with the modules they should be. So what happens is they're paging through the module looking for things. or So the game comes to a stop while they're looking for things in the module, where if they were running their own game, you know, th- in theory, the game wouldn't come to a stop, right? So maybe it's not so much don't like playing pre-written modules as don't, play, don't like playing pre-written modules with GMs that aren't up to running them, or GMs that aren't prepared enough. So perhaps that's more the issue. Um, and, and, of course, the idea that, yeah, I want to read them, and I don't want these things to sit on my staff. I mean, think about, like, the Boot Hill things. You, you know, you bought all that Boot Hill stuff, and, and then I selfishly asked you not to read them because I might use some in the Boot Hill play-by-post game, and then the game didn't happen. But during that time frame... You were not reading them out of respect to me, which I appreciate, but you you weren't getting the enjoyment of those, right? So that's kind of, I don't know. So part of it's not not reading them. It's it's like D&D. Everybody's, I want to run all the original TSR adventures, but you want to read those too, right? So, I mean, you get to the point where you just have to accept people have read those adventures and and they're going to separate player knowledge from character knowledge, and that's okay. Um, I think that is okay. And I think with older adventures... You just have to accept the players may have read them and be okay with that as a GM and be okay with the idea that some of these shocks are not going to be shocks because you can't expect players not to have read 20-year-old modules, you know. But, but a big part of the reason for playing, the main part, is when playing with GMs that aren't prepared enough and so the game comes to a screeching halt is they're paging through the book or looking through the PDF trying to figure out what's supposed to happen because they weren't prepared. So that, that's kind of my answer there. Now, that's not always the case. I played with some GMs that are hella prepared, that do a great job, like you and Joe Richter. So that, that's definitely not always the case. But I, I found it to be the case a number of times. And, of course, I'm not going to name people because that would be rude. But anyhow, I, take care of yourself, and I will talk to you soon. Hopefully, maybe I'll get back to playing Sunday mornings with you. I'm excited for that prospect. So anyhow. Let me go and listen to you talk about Inferno. You know, when I think of Inferno, 
I think of the <laughs> Dario, Dario Argento movie, which I doubt you've seen, which is probably good. Uh, Inferno is, is maybe the weaker entry to the, you, you know, that trilogy. So Inferno falls in the trilogy that Dario Argento did. And it, it's the Three Mothers trilogy. And, well, maybe that's a subject for a different call for a different show. So, so I'll, I'll cut that off here. But I hope you're doing well, sir, and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you, Jason, for that call. And that is definitely a very insightful response. Thank you for answering my question. And, yeah, you know, when you have these pre-written modules, as a GM, I can tell you that there is a tendency to, you know, be a little lazy and not read through it and figure that you can do it off the cuff. But for a really good gaming experience, that is not what you should do. And I, I know I've done it. I've come unprepared. Just, you know, life gets in the way and you don't get around to it. Not that, that that's an excuse, but that's a reality. And then you think you can wing it instead of maybe just like, hey, I'm not prepared, guys. Let me postpone this. So um, saying that, uh, yeah, I think uh, now I'm definitely read ahead. Um, I don't like that pause, I, you know, no one really minds a pause for looking up a rule because we don't know every single rule. Uh, sometimes you get into a good rhythm and you know the rules and don't have to look them up, but then there are spot rules like, say for example, even though we've been playing Twilight 2000 for like uh, uh, over a year, a year and a half, we don't get into a lot of vehicle combat, but sometimes you gotta look up those vehicle rules or rules for, for you know, blowing up bridges or whatever. So, you know, it's not, um, not that big a deal to have to pause to look up a rule, but I agree, you know, a pause in like the action or in the story or, oh, I don't know what this NPC is supposed to do or what's their motivation. I mean, sometimes you have to roll that randomly depending on the game system. So there's a little bit, but then that's part of the flow and the procedural of the game, which is not a, not a bad thing. So, uh, so saying that also in preparation for, um, for our Traveler game that's upcoming, I have already read the first adventure that I want to run. And I will probably read it again because there's a lot of um, details and interesting things. And, and definitely, um, I know the players are going to go, right? So a cool thing about what I've seen about a lot of these traveler adventures, even the classic ones, they really are just, in a way, just a location. And here's what's going on in the location. And there are many ways to solve the solution. And that's really what traveler, I think, is about, is not necessarily kicking down you know, doors and shooting people up, although that could be a possibility, especially in a Merc campaign. But it's really about solving problems and getting a puzzle. All right, and what skills do we have and how can we figure out a solution? And if the solution sounds reasonable, then sometimes you might not not even need a skill roll because characters, um, one assumes that characters having been in a previous career for, you know, 20 plus years, might know a little bit about what they're doing, especially in space and dealing with all those dangers. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to that. And I think it's a, I, you know, a, the other point was very interesting too, excuse me, about pre-read modules is that people read them and we should be cool with that. And I think in, in front of the Kingmaker campaign that we're going to start, I feel like it's because of the holidays that I mean, we might start it towards the end of the month, but but uh, maybe it might not be till next year. Um, I think everyone's made their characters, but 
I did ask a couple of the players who have um, read about Kingmaker, played the video game, and said, hey, is doing that going to diminish your experience in playing this version? And they said no. And a lot of times, it, I mean, they say they don't remember details, but, you know, it comes back. It's there somewhere in your, in, you know, chipped out in your, in your, uh, you know, your neurons somewhere. But uh, you're right. You won't get, they won't get the shocks. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. In their head, one would hope. And one would hope also that they won't metagame. And I feel like I have good players who would not do that metagame uh, to figure out what's going on. Um, unfortunately, I have had an experience where someone did at the table openly say, let's go this way instead of that way because this monster is that way, which is not fun at all. So, you know, I, I am a little sensitive to that. But uh, I think, you know, that's why you kind of find the players that you know are going to be cool with that and really and good at metagaming. Um, because you're right, we do want to play a lot of these classic modules that we, we either run or played or we want to run them again. Um, so, and especially when you have good lines like the uh, Goodman Games uh, reprints that are doing what they're doing uh, with both the classic module and then a 5e version. So uh, I, I really am enjoying those and, you know, some of the, a lot of those people have played already. Um, so... So yeah, that definitely speaks to your point. Um, I think that's all that you kind of covered. GMs, let's be prepared. Let's not be lazy when it comes to a pre-published adventure. And and hey, let's be cool with people knowing um, and trust them that they're not going to metagame when it comes to playing classic adventures or older adventures. Um, anyway, thanks again for the call, Jason. And now, the unboxing. Back here for another unboxing on our mini review Monday. So let's see what this is. This is a, another package. This is from Lightning Source. And the package is nine and a half by 13 and three quarters. It's one of those longer envelopes. It's got a rippy thing. Partially ripped. It could be because it's been sitting around. And it's easy to open. That is the good thing. And what do I got from Lightning Source? It is a reprint. A reprint of the AD&D 2nd Edition Spelljammer Adventures in Space. I'm going to flip through it and see. Oh, you could. That's cool. I mean, I do. Lots of nice deck plans. The maps. The maps, well, unfortunately, like the maps are all cut off. Cut about. But uh, I guess you could figure them out. Yeah, the Rock of Brawl. I think there's another section of it. That they recently did and gray space the spell jammer mantis ship um but it looks pretty cool honestly um i love the holloway covers lore book of the void right so they have lore book of the void they have a general table of contents here they have the lore book of the void it seems like then AD&D Adventures in Space. I think the concordance, right? Um, they have lots of fun monsters I can see. I'm definitely excited about it. Um, I guess it was the table of contents for the first one. Well, Book of the Void. I don't know if it says in the back. Um, the game includes two, the 296 page book, four maps, full color cardstock, 
four color stand-up pieces entitled um, Neat. I mean, you probably have to print them out on the PDF to make them make sense of anything. They send really well. I really like how how the the ships come out because a lot of jet plans, um, how they do interplanetary, outer planetary display, ship movement and combat systems, pretty comprehensive, um, pretty cool, fun stuff. Yep, looking forward to Spelljammer Adventures in Space. I'll give a more thorough review. Maybe I can get BJ Boyd on here and we can talk about uh, this one versus the 5e. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geomologist Presents Mini Review Monday. Today, I'm going old school, sorta, if you believe TSR D&D is, is old school. And I, well, you heard the unboxing, so you know I'm going to be talking about the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition Spelljammer. And I got it like an all-in-one. It's not the box set. And through drive-thru RPG. And joining me today is our Spelljammer expert, because he did, a, <laughs> he did a he did a really nice uh, review and overview of Spelljammer the fifth edition release, and he's gonna is uh, Doctor B J Boyd. He put Doctor Zoom call thing here. I need to do that too. But it's anyway, B J is gonna tell you uh, which alien uh, arcane alienist episode to go back and listen to about Spelljammer. He's gonna help me give a review of the second edition Spelljammer. More or less box set, but reprinted as a single tome volume. So how are you doing today, BJ? Pretty good. Um, just wrapping up the day here, so glad to talk about Spelljammer. That's a nice box. My only complaint about the boxed, I, I got that one a couple of years ago, is unless they've changed it the way they did the maps on the, in the back, it's all, you pretty much would need to tear the pages out and tape them together. Yeah, it's probably better to use, I would say in this case, I'm looking at them now, it is better to use the PDF yeah. to do that, right? So the, I mean, the good thing about drive-through is that you get the PDF product with the print product, more or less, in, you know, unless it, most most vendors sell it that way. Um, yeah. That is not an additional upcharge. Paizo, I'm looking at you for the PDF on top of the print product. And you could print out. Uh, the cool thing is that they have, you know, they have a lot of appendices that you could print out. So if we're sp speaking of that, since we talked about the maps, um, like this is actually, I think to me, what's impressive is from, from page ninety-six on, there's like all these maps and pictures of all the different uh, ships that you could print out, and then tokens that you could print out, um, different types of like, I guess, notifications, sizes, and shapes and all that kind of stuff probably for pre-sensor uh, type of work and then the maps which again you're right you'd have to um you'd have to uh print them out and the pdf to use them effectively i would say but they have you know they have a map a, a display map of gray space crin space realm space like the solar system map which is interesting and actually do you, i don't know did you see like a it has like um like sensor is that sensor distance that they have? Have you you know what I'm talking about? You're looking at the back there. 
Like it has like a this like grid over the solar system or that, you know. I don't know if those are what those are used for. Do you know? I think it's to track the orbits of different oh of different things. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Um, so, it, so I guess I guess a gray space is a two body, is a binary system, because it has like one, has like two like uh, circles. That's interesting. Maybe maybe it is. So and then the, the other map is a the spell jammer, the spell jammer ship that manta ray looking ship, right? Yeah, and I was you know that was an interesting thing to me that they included no reference to the spell jammer in the the new. I thought I think that's one of the coolest. Concepts in Spelljammer is, you know, it's like the Flying Dutchman of Wild Space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Back when I the enigma, an enigma of space, right? The small city. Characters I always wanted to play as a, uh, like a, you know, sailor who's like crazy because he claims he was abducted by the Spelljammer and nobody believes him. Oh right, right. <laughs> it's like an alien abduction thing. Yeah. And then the other thing they have, they have a, like a blank hex map so you can run your space combat -y thing. Um, yeah. And map And then a map of something, another giant, what is this one? What is this map of? A big city in, floating in space. The, the Rock of Brawl. The Rock of Brawl, okay. Rock of Brawl. Which I think they redid that in the fifth edition, right? Yeah, and then I think the deck plans of the ships... I think they just ported them out of these old second edition. I don't think I think they just use these same images. Oh, um, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, or they they threw these images into an AI and they came out the same. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they changed the captions. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's probably like, are there different? They're not really different. Are there different uh, stats for these? Like these these stats are very interesting, and especially since we've been playing. Um, we've been gearing up to play Traveler. It has like the tonnage, like 60 tons displacement, the hull points, maneuverability. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can it land? Can it? Can it? You know, land on water, right? It's kind of. Yeah, I, I think um, if if you look at the uh, when I when I got this and started reading the uh, when I went back a couple few years ago and started reading through it again, and I started looking at the systems for how to calculate travel times and distances and stuff in space. I'm like, this seems an awful lot like Traveler. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it probably was influenced, right? This is a, yeah. when was this made? Uh, 88 or 89. Oh, that, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Traveler was on like the Mega Traveler um, part. If it was 80, 89, I'm looking for the copyright for it. Yeah, 89. So that was in the midst of Mega Traveler. Which honest, which I think is probably one of the best. I think it's one of the best incarnations of Traveler that came out. A lot of really amazing third-party stuff um, that came out, and they they kind of codified the skill system. We're not going to talk about Traveler. I apologize, uh, geomologist listeners. We're not going to talk about Traveler, but Mega Traveler is really good about that. They codified the skill system. They had a really neat meta plot going on with the Civil War. Um, so that, that's why, and then. The products that came out, you know, I think the most unusable but most fascinating product from that era from Mega Traveler was something called Ships of Ships of the Imperium. It showed all the ships of the line and the and pictures of them, you know, battle riders and battle cruisers that you never 
use in a campaign, really. Um, but anyway, back to Spelljammer. So, so, so it's cool. So I think what's neat about this is like, um, as opposed to like the different books, so this is kind of neat because you have the box set, right? Are you? Do you have the box set, PJ? I actually have the the reprint. Oh, yeah, reprinting. Uh, it's interesting. It. Like it has has a forward, then campaign in, in space, then spell jammers, then spacefarers, and then known spheres. So it's not broken up into books. It's broken up into the chapters, right? So I don't. There are two books. Two books in there. Right. Um, the first one is the. Uh, Lore Book of the Void, which is just more spell jammer lore, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That says two two ninety six page books. So actually, the book this book itself is when I said page ninety six, I really meant page one hundred and ninety two, and then a ton of a ton of appendices of, of you know handouts for appendices, right? So yeah, they've got the Lore Book of the Void, which is ninety six pages. Yeah. And then the other one is the Concordance of Arcane Space, which I think has more of the mechanics of how, how you operate ships in, in space and Spelljammer. That's cool. So, all right. So, I mean, I've, I've have you ever run a Spelljammer campaign? I've not. I've always wanted to, and it's never really gotten to the table. Um, I think that's on my short list to do upcoming. One of maybe I finish one of my ongoing games yeah yeah I, mean, I, I never quite ran one either although we had spell jammer ships that came about i think in in one of my asian adventures campaigns they found a spell jammer ship yep. um and the first time they they never got into space though they thought oh cool we got a flying ship so they just kind of flew atmospheric uh, yeah. one of the first one of the first uh um First time they used it in travel, they ran into a, a cloud dragon. The ship got torn apart. Um, yeah. And the other time they did, I was I was actually planning to at least go to the Rock of Brawl in my Forgotten Realms campaign because um, there was another there's another adventure from the from Dungeon Magazine where you find um, I think a either a dwarven ship or like a nautiloid, and and then um, I think the characters found it. They figured out what it was and. But then they, we, we kind of went in a different direction in that campaign. But uh, they kind of knew where a spell jammer ship was if they ever wanted to go. But like you, I've never gotten it to the table. I was pretty excited about the fifth edition, fifth edition spell jammer, but but apparently it's got some some issues, right? It's got a it's, it's missing a lot of content. I think my recommendation would be even if you wanted to run. Fifth edition Spelljammer to at least spend the ten bucks on the PDF for the second edition box set and pull look through that because it has. Fortunately, fifth edition is modular enough. Anything that's missing, you can just pull a second edition. Yeah. For generating, yeah. you know, generating uh, planetary spheres and systems and and uh, if you want to use its ship stats and combat and, and movement system, then you can you could. Those those are the things that were noticeably lacking in the fifth edition release. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But you're right. You're right. It, it is. It is kind of nice. I mean, and I love the, I love the. I, I like the art. I'm a big fan of um, of the art. Uh, Jim Holloway's art, and I love. Yeah. They do have. They do have the full page spread of like you know, Lord Book of the Void, um, the Rogue hiding from the Beholder, 
And then, you know, the AD&D Adventures in Space, the Concordance, you know, the uh, the pirate, you know, over the of the Mind Flayer type of thing. So yeah. Both, uh, both Holloway and, and it's all full of, those are the color plates and then full of Holloway art uh, out throughout. You know. Yeah, so, all right. So, so people were wanting to know about it. You said, you said, more book of the void. That is... That is, that is a Tom. campaign spell jam. That's like the, yeah. the, the 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 which one? That's the um the jam book, right? Talks about it's sort of the setting. It did describes like well, well, here's here's what the elves that live in space are like, and here's what the orcs in space are like, and here's I think it's even got some monstrous monstrous compendium. Yeah, yeah, it's got monstrous compendium cool. stuff. New you know new monsters. It introduces the the gif neo g and others. Um, Dracon, I guess they're they put uh, those dragon half dragons from um, space whales. Oh, the dragon. Dorm. A Drake. What's a Dracon? A Dracon is a. Uh, are they from Crin Space? Oh, uh, what is it? They look like they're like uh, draconians, but with uh, six six limbs. Space beholders. Arcane, so that's kind of cool. Those are the in there, and then they then they do they do a tour of the known spheres too at the end here, um, of the book, the lore book of the void. And they talk about all the different, like it's a it's a small gazetteer of all the different uh, planets, right? So if you wanted to, you know, at the get off, point, get off of Earth, get off yeah. of Earth or Toril or Kryn, you go into, uh, huh? What's that? Yeah, they, they tell you what other planets are there besides the ones that are kind of the core campaign settings and gives you a system how far, far apart they are from each other. And, right. Which I think the Kren one is really interesting because for Kren, the, the moons and the planets and the stars play a major role in right. That's uh, cool. the uh, campaign setting. And it's cool. They, I mean, they go into all that, which I think is kind of neat. And then, so that's, that's that book, 96 pages, pretty chock full of, like you said, Campaign information, and then concordance, concordance of arcane space, the second book. I love the quote here: "Everything you know about space is wrong." Beginning, yep. and then it has arcane space, rules in space, ships, movement and combat, and then celestial mechanics, and then some appendices as well: travel times, planetary displays, the rock of brawl, um, in here too. So, anything that stands out from this book. That you can recall but i think i think i, I really like the concordance of arcane space just the yeah and no i think spelljammer can be kind of a always have to suspend your understanding of of, of real world right physics and science when you play DD, but particularly for spelljammer you, you need to wrap your head around arcane space and that it's using sort of pre-modern ideas about what space what might have been out there beyond the stars, you know, and, and how the universe is constructed. So when shells or spheres, you know, they're kind of a firmament around the planet, you know, that people live on it. Just, it has so, so, so many, like I said, sort of pre-modern ideas about yeah. stars and the heavens. And, and, and you have to accept that that's real. And that, that yeah, we're going to go into space, but this isn't going to work like Star Trek or even Star Wars. Right. Yeah, 
I mean, they have like uh, you know, the phlogiston around the the boat, you know, the crystal shells that are surround the star systems. And then they have the the way that you pilot this is using a helm. And I think and I, yeah. they changed all that, didn't they? Uh you know the the I think they abandoned in 5e was the phlogiston and they okay. just said that's the astral plane once you move far enough away from a planetary system you hit the astral sea you know the idea that every object has its own sort of center of gravity and it, it, it will keep enough air around it of course the air will sour after time but mm -hmm. you know that a, a ship just naturally generates its own gravity plane and its own tiny air and atmospheric envelope it doesn't generate the envelope, but it can pull one with it when it leaves a leaves a planet planet's atmosphere. Yeah, so so this concordance is cool because it you know so they have the that's what I really liked about this box set um, and this reprint is uh, they separate you know the background the lower background you know the fluff so to speak and then in this book is more the mechanics. So then like after after they talk about how spell jamming and all that works. The basics of it, they go into like new characters that you could potentially play. Uh, I think they only have lizard men actually in here as a new character. You can, a new character you can okay, play. play the lizard. <laughs> huh? Play lizard people. Yeah. The lizard folk, right? So that you could play. Um, and I guess they, they added other races um, in other books, right? Um, that you could play. I guess it's species now. I like I prefer ancestor. I think it's the most interesting one type of term that is used. So, um, and then they talk about spell jamming, how it works, and then a bunch of new spells, which I think that was always that was always a big thing. I feel like in second edition in the splat books, always adding new spells and and the like. Then they have like architecture, like what the whole, how the holes work, um, the different types of ships that you can have, uh, other power sources. Aside from the helm, or what kind of helms you can have? Uh, there's some very thematic, cool thematic stuff, like like dwarven ships being powered by their forges. You know, the yeah. the, more, the more they're in there, actually working the forges and creating items, it actually a byproduct of that. Move, you know, moves their ships through space, or the uh, the ogi who have the somebody's a necromantic, like a necromancy helm, where you don't use your spell. Spell slots or, or or spells for the day to, to fuel the helm. They they strap prisoners into it and drain their life essence. Yeah, the life jammers, I think. Life called. jammer, yeah. Then they have art of furnaces where you can get rid of the party's magic items, throw the magic items into the furnace. Then they have after that they have weapons, you know, battery for everything from catapults, ballista. Uh, I guess these are gnomish sweepers, monkey cannon, um, rams. Greek fire, bombards, yeah, I guess they do. How, how, com and then how combat works, other spell jamming equipment. So you can totally outfit, outfit your boat, your, your ship. Yep. And then after that, it's movement and combat and how that works. So very, I think a very comprehensive book, you know. You need, I believe the rules, I can't remember if they're in the monster, the monster, monster manual for TUI or the DM's guide, but there's, there's a, Rule for the maneuverability of flying monsters that you have to have to to do this. It's not reprinted in the Spelljammer that explains that their maneuver maneuverability class, which basically tells you. Oh, right. Movement, ship 
How many, how many times a, an object can change facing in one movement? They, they do reproduce it. Oh, they do? Yes, A through F. So like ships of class A may change its facing at will. B and C have to, can only have to move two hexes before they go. It's on page 55. There's something, I know there's something missing that you have to pull in from the, it's been the general ship movement or. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of, movement is also the same as flying maneuverability, I think, right? It's, it's, I don't know. If someone knows, that'd be great if you could, some second edition expert could call in and tell us. Combat, hit points, hull points. What happens if your thing catches on fire? I think it has morale for option as an optional rule. Um, ramming speed. Um, all that kind of stuff. Oh, also chases, so pursuit. You're trying to get away. And, and a little section on uh, rapid resolution of small-scale combat, because you probably don't want to roll for every single crewman on board a ship. And then repair, like post-battle, how you repair damage and, and the like. So I think it's a very comprehensive uh, combat system for spell jamming and running combat in, in space for a spell jammer, spell jamming type ships. Um, and they also have, uh, what do you think, BJ? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's pretty, it's, you know, it's like a, most 2E stuff. It looks a little clunky to the modern reader. Mm -hmm. But once you kind of wrap your head around it, it, it makes a lot of sense and it goes real, I think it goes real smoothly. It's yeah. based on using ships in the water. I'm, I'm, you know, now they're flying through space, but I guess you do do have to envision the ability to move in three dimensions. Yeah, in three dimensions, I think. Figure that out. And they kind of, I think they, like the maneuverability system probably, I mean, right, when you when you were to you put these on like a one-dimensional or two-dimensional, a two-dimensional grid, right, like a hex map, and then you maneuver them around so you're dealing with ships. But, I mean, there hasn't been a game yet that even like a very popular game, I don't know if it's as popular anymore as it was a few years ago, but X-Wing, right, it's still a two-dimensional. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you, you, you bump in, if you cross the ship's space on the, on the mat, you hit the ship. Right, right. Yeah, so stuff like that, you know, we still haven't figured out how to, put, you know, play three-dimensional uh, fighting ships in space. But I, I guess you, I guess there's probably like a computer games that might simulate that. But yeah. So then they have like the section after that is like uh, so now we're on celestial mechanics and universe and building your universe. And this so is what reminded me a lot of Traveler. Oh yeah, it's a very short section, but then you know if you. It's. I think it's neat if you were to, instead of having your spell jammer campaign just in the, uh, you know, Kryn, uh, Gray Hawk space, Kryn space, Gray Hawk space, or Realm space, and you could have it, you know, travel around and go to strange new worlds. I think that's pretty pretty neat addition. Um, and then they talk about. I always like that section in AD and D, uh, both first edition and second edition. What happens in different environments if spell. And they have a very comprehensive list of what goes on, how magic items, what they do. So, for example, here, Ring of Shooting Stars functions normally in space. That's good to know. I like Rings of Shooting Stars. So, I mean, it goes uh, through it goes through all the cleric and yeah, which spells it would be would work differently. Yep, yep. Well, like Flame Strike, 
and Phlogiston, the flame strike detonates on the caster, inflicting eight points of damage on him and all within five feet of him. Yeah, the, the Phlogiston is like this. Like oxy like oxygen. Like heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was a scene in um, I don't know if you've read the book Red. Was it Red Mars? Was it Red Mars? Towards the end of the book Red Mars, I don't know if you read that by Kim Stanley Robinson. So there is like so these are are these arcologies on Mars, and I think one of the, the one of the terrorist group starts filling the the arcology with with oxygen, and then it just becomes a you know they detonate a bomb or start a fire, and then it just and people are like feeling. It's weird because like one of the main characters like something's wrong, but I'm feeling really high and I don't know what's you know. And then like it, it clicks, you know. But yeah, that that's what how I, that reminds me of that this logistic idea. But like Fireball too does more damage than logistic. Then I like I don't know I like that idea. It's too bad they got rid of it. Maybe for those you know meta gamey kind of reasons. Um, who knows? You can put it back. I think it's easy to put back in though. Just, yeah, it, it is. Probably want to use this as a resource, but you just put it back right. in. Right. And then now we're back to where we started. We're at the Rock of Brawl. Very short two-page spread on the Rock of Brawl. And then a bunch of maps. Or two, it's actually three pages on the Rock of Brawl in the appendix. And then all the wonderful maps that we talked about at the beginning. So yeah, so that's uh, Spelljammer, AD&D Adventures in Space, the reprint of the box set uh, from AD&D 2nd Edition. Um, so when are, we doing, when are we getting this to the table then, DJ? Gonna say when you were going through the, the, it's got tables where you can build your own solar system. You know that's ideal if you've been working on a homebrew campaign world mm -hmm. and you want to introduce Spelljammer. You, you just okay. Well, here's what's here's what's off. You, here's some ideas for how to build a system. And you, and you can just have like an isolated crystal sphere. They don't have to go outside of it. They can just transfer from planet to planet, right? So you can yeah, have. Yeah. Like, Sword and planet type of thing using the spell jammer system, create your own homebrew and you know run with it. So then you know, in a way it'd be like space 1889, but you know, more fantasy as opposed to Victorian sort of steampunk. Yeah, exactly. Or or hell, if you don't like the space 1889 various rules that there are out there, you could just use spell jammer AD and D second edition and run your, you know, your uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs type uh, type universe, I would say. Okay, any last thoughts, BJ? Because uh, uh, that's we reviewed it. That's a yeah. mini review. It's pretty quick. Yeah, it was. How much was it? I'm trying. How much is the the boxed when you buy it in printed? Because it got a nice. It's nice. Nice. It's good quality paper and a good hard. Yeah, I thought it was. Binding. I felt. I, I probably got it like on sale, like one of these, like buy a new system on sales. Um, mm -hmm. If you can keep talking and give me a few a minute or two, I can probably look it up. You know, while you're talking about something you want to do with spell camera. Oh, would you, you know, do it or where would you run it? I guess that's a good question. My thought with spell jammer because it opens up so many possibilities is to want to run it. Not take a conventional D&D homebrew world and go, oh, now you're in space, but actually there's got to be worlds in a spell in a D&D world with Spelljammer that are are at this point hubs. They're 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 they have spaceports and they're aware of that there are other systems out there. And so it's at some point you're going to get immigration. So 
Spelljammer seems like a good place to create some kind of world where everything from every world is there. Every you know you can have oh. Prince style Minotaurs and Eberron style Warforged and you know these things that are, are kind of unique to the specified settings can all co cohabit uh, a world that's just kind of a crossroads of the of the uh, of the multiverse, spell, right? spell huh? Oh, yeah. Like the multiverse, right? So like a Sinosure or a Sigil uh, yeah. from Planescape or Sinosure from from Grimjack Tales. Uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, That'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool. Oh, by the way, I did you gave me enough time to look it up. It is ten dollars for just for the PDF. If you want to get the uh the soft cover, it's thirty, thirty-one dollars. The hardcover standard color book is thirty-five dollars. Um that's that's a list price. But they all I feel like they're all having sales on drive through so you can pick your your time to do it and yeah. uh, get it a little less expensive or I'm sure they're gonna have a Christmas sale. sale. Yeah, yeah, the private yeah, like a Christmas sale and stuff like that too. I know probably a lot of people will be back buying Cyborg, you know, from the cybernetic or cyberpunk version of Morphoid, um, that's just come out. But um, but yeah, but are there, and that's not just that's not. Uh, I should have just said what else they got on there. I think they have like more or less. I want to say the whole collection. Um, that's definitely some things that I would I would mind if we we got this to the table that I would start picking up. You know. Um, so right, they have, oh, they do have like the Legend of Spelljammer. I guess that's an adventure. They have the Monsters Compendiums, uh, Practical Planetology, the War Captain's Companion, um, Astro Mundi Cluster, and a whole bunch of different adventures um, that they yeah. Space yeah, I, one, I have the PDF for Lost Ships. Yeah, they have like Realm Space, the Rock of more on the Rock of Brawl. Um, so realm space would be pretty cool too, I think. Or you know, even if you made your homebrew world to as inspiration for things you could place in your your homebrew solar system, um, space layers for just encounters in space. You know, crin space, gray space. That's pretty cool. Um, adventures for various levels. They probably have like low level adventures, and I feel like something like uh, like there's some high level adventures to you, mid to high level adventures. They usually have like some a couple low levels, a couple mid levels, a couple high levels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it it got a lot of. Um, of course, it was that period towards the twilight of TSR where they were just putting mm-hmm. out stuff, you know, faster than they could quality check it. So some some of the stuff maybe of varying quality. I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked through all the adventures and stuff, but yeah, if if, if a good idea is there, you can certainly. If you're, I think most DMs can can make bad adventures into good ones. Well, very cool, BJ. Thank you so much for joining me and giving a mini review of Spelljammer. I don't do a rating system. I just talk about it and complain about it or praise it. Um, so unless you think we should introduce a rating system, but I guess if we did, it would be a, a good rating for yeah. Spelljammer. Yeah, definitely. Again, thanks for joining me, BJ. It's good to be here. DJ and I, and I think we had a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, if you want to comment on this mini review, you can leave me a message uh, via Anchor on the Anchor website. You can send me, record a message and either send it to me at geomologist at gmail.com or drop it to me as a 
direct message in any of the discords or through discord and you can also leave me a message on my speakpipe account so again thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed it and well oh tj drennan does the intro and outro music normally my wife amy lee does the well she does a cover clip art that you normally see for geomologist presents but today it's the it's a cover or one of the paintings um, from Jim Holloway that you can find in the Spelljammer reprint or box set. And yes, it's the one with the beholder. All right, everyone, take care. And TJ, take us out with that awesome riff. <laughs>